Now, tell me how good a week you had. Awesome. Some of us did, some of us didn't. Some of us had some scares during the week. Some of us had some wonderful things happen. Some, who knows? It's just, there's one thing we can all, as Christians, children of God, one thing we can all uh, always go back to and always rely on, of course, is Christ, but hope. Hope. That's what we're going to talk about today uh, throughout the sermon is hope. Uh, it's a strange word. Uh, there's great power in hope. Uh, I'm going to show a clip, and I've showed this same clip a couple times. It's about a horse. And at the time of that horse, um, uh, the nation was going through some turmoil with uh, Mr. President Nixon at the time. And just other things were going crazy. Vietnam was starting to end. And, and uh, so we, we've had a lot of weird things. And most, I know most of these young people in this church weren't, weren't around in the 70s, but I was. In fact, I've been around since the 50s. Uh, so I've seen a few weird things, but, and hope comes in, in different ways, but of course as a Christian, the hope in Christ is what we have. But uh, this particular horse, it, it brought out a lot of uh, unity in people, and a lot of hope. And uh, I'll show the clip in a minute, because it's just a powerful clip, and then we'll, we'll, we'll go off on that and preach on, on, preach on hope. But before I go there, um, I want to just take a few minutes... Lucy pulled up this morning. She, they're taking her to the doctor. I think she has a broken foot. And Lucy struggles a lot with uh, health issues. But we also have some others. Heather, is Heather's not here, is she? Heather and Josh. Heather uh, Conrad, uh, which you're here about every Sunday, is having surgery this coming Thursday. Uh, she has some... Uh, Vicki, what is it? Vicki in here? Over, it's something with the do of her ovaries, ovarian... Uh, uh, Jessica, do you know what's going on with Heather? I know the surgery is removed. Large cyst. Okay. All right. And Jessica, will you come on up? And, and uh, I want Eric and Jacqueline to come up. And if you want prayer over something that's going on in your life, I'm going to anoint you with oil this morning, and we're going to pray. And we'll explain a few things here. You're welcome to come up for prayer if you want to. There's a lot of things going on in people's lives. Jacqueline, uh, she told me this morning she can have a little bit here. I don't want to get too detailed because I don't want to, but she's, ha she's having some hearing issues that are, uh, at her age, very serious issues, uh, especially because she's got such a beautiful voice. That's mm -hmm. uh, going to have to make some decisions of what's going to take place in her life. And uh, so we need to pray for her. This is Captain America. <laughs> he is our. Sorry, I, I just I can't help myself, man. I know. <laughs> Somebody gave me that time. He is a captain in the military. And they go, go this way, guys, so everybody can see you. He is a captain in the military, and he is uh, leaving today. And I'm not going to say how long, but he's going to be gone for a while. And that leaves this young lady by herself with that young boy that's sometimes a lot of trouble. <laughs> and she also has a little job, her job, a USO, working over here. So she's very busy. So we want to make sure the men's ministry and the women's ministry and anybody else in this church encourage her as uh, her husband takes off to, to do, to help learn and train his men to protect us. Isn't that amazing? I mean, this guy's going to go leak away from his family over and over and over again be, because uh, I, I'm guaranteed it's not the money because he's a pretty smart guy. He could probably get, make that kind of money anywhere. It's because he loves his job. He loves what he's doing. He loves protecting this great country. Uh, so I want you to keep Eric uh, where he's going. is going to be very hot with very big mosquitoes. Uh, <laughs> And snakes and alligators and uh, all kinds of critters. And he doesn't have a tent. He's not even taking a sleeping bag. And he's going to be there for several days enduring this. And guess what for? For you. So uh, I don't, I, I love you, Eric. And this young lady gave us a good scare this week. Um, she's in a lot of pain. She's got a cyst on her ovaries. And they're going to go back to the doctor in three weeks. And hopefully it's shrinking enough. If not, she's going to go into surgery herself. And she's had the, the big C word in the past, and that gave her a good scare. But the doctor pretty much assured her that it wasn't that. Yes. Yes. So we want to, and that was after a lot of prayer, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. I love this little girl. She's like a <laughs> daughter to me. And this is her husband that has to be with her. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's been more petty than me. <laughs> Did I do that right? Is that what, is that what you told me to say? <laughs> okay. All right. And, and these three, they, I don't know what you need. Watch you up here. We're going to pray over you, though. We're going to watch you with oil. Anybody else? I would like for you people to stand, please. Anybody like to come and pray over these people? You, you know what's going on. I also remember Lucy, but also remember Heather. As she uh, goes Thursday, I believe it's Thursday morning, to have her surgery. We'll be talking about that again uh, next Sunday, too. So, The rest of you like to stand or hold hands or whatever you want to do, you're welcome to. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come before you this morning, Lord, there is great, uh, uh, Lord, there's a big weight on some people's hearts. And it, it, it can have to do with anything from sickness to, uh, to Lord, to leaving your family. And, and, and Father, with, your teen, with teenagers and with young children that, that, that struggle. And Father, there's just many issues. Father, we want to lift up each one of these here today, and, and, and Heather, Lord, that's uh, not with us, and I'm sure there's something going on, or she'd be here, Father. And I just, I pray for her. I pray for uh, little Annie, uh, Father, the, the young, precious girl that they're attempting to adopt. And Lord, we pray for her. We pray for uh, her husband Josh, and we pray for Michaela and, and Parker, Lord, their family, their children, Father, that you would be with them this day, that you'd be with the surgeons on Thursday, Father, and you would just bless that day, Father. We pray that you take away everything that, that's, that's causing her harm in her, in her health issues, Father. You just remove those, Father. And, Lord, for, uh, for Jacqueline, Lord, and her ears, Father, I, I pray that you help her, Father, that, uh, that this may be a rare disease or rare uh, thing that she has, Father, but that you would just give her complete healing without doctors, without any assist from us, that you would just do it on your own, Father. You give her complete healing, Father. We know that's possible, Lord. We also know that you use doctors. So we ask you, Lord, just to be with her in these coming weeks and, and that she can understand what is the best, uh, best way to go to, to help her, Father, to have a full life. Lord, for her husband, Lord, what, just a man of God. I love him, Lord. I've watched him come to you and I've watched him be baptized. And, and Father, I've watched him grow up in who you are and what he is in your life. So, Lord, I ask you just to bless him. <clears throat> but, Lord, I ask you to bless his soldiers the ones that go out and, and leave their families to protect this great nation that you founded. And, Father, I just thank you for those men and those women that do such a, a wonderful job. Many of us will never know the sacrifice that they give. So, Father, I ask you to, to bless Eric, that you give him a heart. And, Lord, when the, when the nights get so long and the sleep gets, when there is no sleep, that you would encourage him with your creation. Encourage him with prayer and love. As those soldiers start to wear down, that, that he would be a, a voice of love and a voice of hope, a voice of encouragement. And Father, for Jessica, our sweet little Jessica, Father, that you would take this cyst away from her, that it would completely disappear, that you would take the pain away from her body. And Lord, that you would just bless her with that. Lord, we thank you for her husband that is always so strong and always so loving towards her. And Father, for Michelle and, and Jenny and jo Josh, Lord, there's many things going on in each one of their lives, and we ask you to encourage them and bring hope to them, Lord, that you would bless them, Father. Lord, for all the ones that come up here, for this church, this entire church, what a blessing these people are to so many in this world. And Father, we, we are the hope that we're to take that to the world. So I ask you this day, Father, that, that you show us what hope really is, and that we can in return take it out. And it's in Jesus' precious name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you. good to have prayer. I mean, something that uh, I heard some, uh, they were, uh, some evangelists and some pastors were praying over the president this week, and I heard the media making fun of that. 
uh, prayer is the most powerful tool that God has given us. I've taught on it and preached on it many times. It's just an awesome thing that God's people come together in prayer. Because I know God answers prayer. He talks, us through, talks us to us through prayer. He answers prayers over and over and over again. And the soul's anchor is the name of the day's title, the sermon. I'm going to show this movie clip, then we're going to get started. Have you got that ready, John? Donna, can you turn out these lights right here for a few minutes? Afraid of nothing. He does not shy away from the sword. He cannot stand still when the trumpet sounds. Live back then, you would have uh, you would have been rooting for Secretariat. At least I was, and many, many millions of other people were. There was a, a story, and I've told this before here, but there's a there's a reason why Secretariat was such a powerful horse. He lived about 19 years, and after he died, they uh, they they kept his body. A lot of racehorses they would they would uh, they, they would they would disperse some of their parts of the body, and they would just bury the head, and 
the rest would be gone off. But secretary, they, they buried the whole body, but they did an autopsy on him. Come to find out he had a heart that was an enlarged heart, and that heart was able to pump the blood faster. He was created for that. <laughs> he was created for that. Now, each one of you that, that have come to Christ, you're created for something. You're created this, this wonderful, great hope that we have in Jesus Christ. We, we have this Holy Spirit that has moved into our soul. We call it our heart. And he is, he is pumping such love and power through that heart, through who he is, through us, that, that who we are should just ring out as hope to the world. In Exodus, as, as they were going through all the plagues, and we can go back and we can look at all the, all the things of, of evil and all the things of good, but I, I believe one of the, one of the, one of the things that, that the Lord was trying to show the, people, the Hebrews people at the time was there is hope. Amen? There is hope during all the trials, during all the plagues, and all the things going on in Egypt, during all the things in your life. There is still hope. If you're grounded in God, if you're grounded in the Lord Jesus Christ, there is hope. And in order for, the, for us to even recognize what, how powerful hope is, we have to go through things. And we'll get into a little bit of that today, but there is such great hope in the Lord. Amen? Everybody say amen. amen. Israel's hope had become shattered, just like a lot of ours. And, and as, as you go through issues in your life and physical issues or whatever it might be, your hope just becomes shattered. It, it like disappears. But God sent Moses not just to set them free, but through every challenge, bring hope alive. Hope is our, is our catapult to our future. Without hope, what kind of future do we have? Now, see, I have the hope of eternal life. Amen? I have the hope of eternal life that no matter what takes place, I've got that. And I can know I can count on the promises of God. Without hope, we become the walking dead. You guys watch that series, Walking Dead? I never watched it. But I know what zombies look like, and they don't look pretty. They're always trying to eat somebody or something. It's crazy. Hope keeps us alive. Hope. I mean, the entire world outside of Jesus Christ, they may walk around and, and smile and do things, but, but they're without hope. They don't have the hope we have. Now, a lot of us put a hope in a horse, and fantastic, but that, it's a deeper hope than that. It's a hope that, that has given us his word and has left the promises of God, over 7,000 of them, that we can turn to in the trials of our life. When our faith starts to fail or when our trust starts to fail, what are those other things? The hope can always stay powerful in your life. Or if hope starts to fail, maybe your faith can come along and lift up the hope. These tools are essential in our life. We'll talk about that as we go through. Job 4, 6, and the, the uh, scripture she was talking with was out of Job at the end of that race. Is not your reverence, is not your reverence, your confidence... There was this, this is a guy that was trying to tell Job what was wrong with Job. And, of course, the guy was completely wrong, and he would get what was coming to him later on from God. But he has good words here. Is not your reverence, your confidence, and the integrity of your ways your hope? See, the way you live your life, it has meaning. It has meaning. There's a... <clears throat> if you live your life for yourself completely and all the time then you're going to rely on yourself completely and all the time. But if you live your life for something much deeper than that, something much higher than that, then the people around us will start to grab a hold of that. It's like, a, it's like gravity that pulls them towards you because you have a hope that they don't have. I'm going to show you some scripture later on in the sermon that we're going to end up with. I've been stuck on 1 Corinthians 14, 24, and 25 all week. I'm finally going to use them today, and who knows what's going to happen when I get there. Let's open in prayer. Father, as we come before you, Father, I thank you for this church. I thank you for the love that they pour out, Father. I thank you, Father, for all the ones that do so much. I thank you for hope, Lord. I thank you for trust, and I thank you for faith. I thank you for love. I thank you for joy. Father, would you open us up today just to see what your word may mean to our hearts. And it's in your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Be of good courage. Be of good courage. And he shall strengthen your heart and all you hope in the Lord. 
So we have to have courage, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. So courage, courage in what's taking place in your life. Courage. All of, all of the Hebrews had to see all the plagues that were going on with the frogs and everything else, and they had to be of good courage. And if you have courage, God strengthens your heart. But without the courage, the, the heart didn't get strengthened, and the hope starts to fade out. And there's something wrong, something wrong. We should be able to have this continually. We, we may, in, in, the, in, the mo, in the moment of something that's going on, we may lose for a few seconds or a few minutes what's taking place, the shock thing that comes in. But after that shock thing's over with, you should be able to return back to these. That's what Christians should be able to do. Because we're different. Our hope is not in the surroundings. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. So be of good courage. And he shall strengthen your heart. And you who hope in the Lord. So that's the hope in the Lord. A couple more. For whatever things, out of Romans 15, 4, for whatever things were written before were written for our learning. All the Old Testament, the Old Testament is a lot about hope. For whatever was written, it was written for our learning, for us to understand what hope really is and how do we survive in this crazy world without it. You can't. That we, through the patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. How important is, the, how important is daily reading of your Bible? Do you just want hope every other day? you just want hope once in a while? Pick up your Bible and pray for hope. That through that day, that not just for yourself, I can't, I can't just go on this enough, not just for yourself, but through others. A lot of times our hope is built up by helping others. A lot of times our, our trust and our faith are built up through helping others. It just expands our hope. It expands the love that we have for God. He sees us using us to help others. We're never, there's not a Christian in the world ever been called to just be a Christian and do nothing else. Never speak to anybody about it. Never tell anybody about it. That's not in the word of God. We're to go and be. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning. Everything is written. His whole word is written for our learning. That we, through the patience and comfort of the scriptures. Look at the word patience and comfort. Patience. Patience to, to just stay on one verse or one word. I've been on that 1 Corinthians 14, 25 and 24 all week long. And I just keep going back to them and back to them. They're powerful. There's nothing more powerful than God's word. Everybody say something. Nothing more powerful than God's word. Why do you think they want the Bible destroyed? Why do you think they don't want you reading the Bible? Why do you think Satan doesn't want you reading the Bible? Because it's power, it's love, it's hope. It's hope that says we can have hope even when we can't even see how it can be here. I can have it. The Egyptians put their hope in God. God sent Moses to help them through it. It's patience. Patience. Everybody, who has trouble with patience? Raise your hand. Come on, be honest. I have trouble with patience, too. I used to have a lot of trouble with patience. Maybe I still do. Vicky probably says I still do. Somebody laughing out there. Patience is a, it's a wonderful tool of God. If we can start to have patience with God's word and stay where God wants us to stay and allow him to make it come alive when his timing is right, not ours, we can learn so much about who he is in our life. And the comfort part. Through this patience... I get comfort because if I wait on God to reveal what he's wanting to reveal to me, that brings comfort. That means God is speaking to me. Whenever God speaks to you, that is something huge. I mean, huge that God spoke to you. That through the scriptures or through prayer or through the circumstance or through church, God speaks through you. Through confirmation, God speaks through you. And he's speaking right directly to you. People will say often, I hear every single week. Well, you just hit me right there on the old button, preacher. No, I didn't. God did. Because I don't know anything about your life. Not really. I don't know what's going on. I, I don't understand it all. I don't hit you with it. God hits you with it. 
I'm just a voice. But God hits you with it. What a wonderful God we have. And it's not always all conviction and make you cry and make you feel bad. Sometimes it's encouragement and love to lift you up. Amen? But he hits us with it. And it comforts us through the scriptures we might have hope. So where's your hope going to come from? Is that through the what? Everybody say the, through the scriptures. Through the scriptures what? Might have what? You want hope? Or you want to wallow around your, in your whatever? Pick up the Bible and get your hope. Hebrews 3, 6, it says, But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are. That's if we belong to Christ. If we hold fast the confidence. What's the confidence? Confidence in God's word that what he says is the truth and what his promises will come true. If we hold fast the confidence and rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. Well, firm to the end till the day I die, till the day I go home. I no longer need hope then. I'm living with hope. Amen? The funny thing is, I should be living with that hope continually now. There's no reason for me not to live with it. Hold steady in hope. If what you are is not who you are, I used this last week a little bit. If not what you are is who you are, could it be that you have become a person without hope? I mean, you got to think about that. If, what, if you claim to be, if what you claim to be is not really who you are, why? What's going on? What have you become? And maybe it's a person that you just lost hope. Maybe you're a Christian that's just lost hope. Maybe you've become a person without hope, collapsed, completely collapsed upon the battlefield of your Christian life. Let me expand on that a little bit. Maybe there's a lot of Christians out there that have gone through many battles. I mean, just going through the battles of life. And maybe they just collapsed out there on the battlefield. Maybe their faith has got weakened, and maybe their, their trust has got somewhere where it shouldn't be. I, and maybe their hope was just distorted and just confusing. I think maybe sometimes we leave too many Christians on the battlefield. I know we got a lot of former military, but Eric being the captain there, you don't leave any people on the battlefield, do you, Eric? You risk your what? Your complete life to save those people. You do not leave them behind. But for some reason, the church is kind of like, bad to be him. Glad I'm not that person. Well, maybe they'll be back around. Eric, when you go save somebody on the battlefield, you say, well, he's, he, he cussed at me a while ago. I'm not going back to get him. I don't really like that person. Let him die out there. Let him just... No! no I, I, I've got this, this thought, this... There's a lot of Christians out there that have been good people, but so many things are going on in life. Maybe the church has hurt them. Maybe people have just destroyed them. Maybe there's been so much sickness, so much death in their life, and they don't know how to grieve through that. And we just kind of leave them behind thinking, well, if I go back there and help them, that might hurt my life. Or there's just no help for them. Let them go. You don't say that, do you, Eric? Of course not. But yet we do. We need to go back and help these people. Maybe that, that battlefield, maybe you've never been in the battlefield they've been in. I've never been in the battlefield of drugs. I've never been in the battlefield of pornography. I've never been in those battlefields of alcoholism. I've never been in those battlefields. But maybe some of my brothers and sisters have. I feel like we need to Go back and encourage them, lift them up, drag them out, whatever it takes. It doesn't matter what's taking so much place in your life. Your job is to pull them out off that battlefield of destruction. To bring them what? Hope. 
Now, I know you've never been wounded out on the battlefield, Eric, but I know that you can just imagine, if you, if you just open your mind, and a, a soldier is going to lay out here, and the gunfire is going, and, the, and the, whatever is taking place, the fire and all the noise and all the smells are just highlighted upon their life. The same with the Christian that is dealing with so much in their life. And here comes one soldier, a soldier of God or a soldier of military, comes out and wants to lift them up. Maybe you put them on their back at every cost to their life and pull them out from the battlefield of that destruction. I can guarantee you hope came alive to that person. Amen? Hope just came alive to them where there was no hope because of your dedication. Hope came alive. As the church of Jesus Christ, we need to bring hope alive to a dying world. Amen? You need to bring hope alive. There's zombies everywhere, and we need to wake them up and bring them alive. Quit judging. Quit acting like there is no hope for them. Quit acting like they've had their last chance. And maybe just one sweet word, one sweet smile, or maybe if they see you crawling out there to grab hold of them and bring them to life, they'll never forget that moment. They'll never forget that moment. And you've just made the biggest difference in somebody's life. They'll never forget it. And you won't either. They become the God stories of our life. Amen? Am I preaching too loud? All right. Hope. Oh, man. See how powerful that word is? You see it? Can you, can you just have this picture of it in your, in your head, how powerful it is? And I'm telling you something. I know the, the military and the soldiers and all that, they go through great stress. What do they call it when they come back from war, Eric? Say it again. Yeah. And I know Eric used to deal with, with uh, suicides. He was the hotline for that one, Eric. So you know more than I know. You know more than anybody else in here. I've dealt with some suicides, but, but not like you. I don't know the, not the yours. See, it's not just when they get out of the battle. They're going to deal with things that they've done and things that could have happened, that should have happened, that might have happened. That, Oh, my goodness, why didn't it happen? Why am I the only one? We have a lifetime. See, there's so much to do for God in there. There's so much to do to be a servant of God. There is so much to do. We just, we just can't drag them out, get them off the battlefield and say, have at it. We've got to love them. We've got to encourage them. We've got to teach them the word of God. We've got to bring them hope, and hope comes through the Word of God. Maybe just text, text message somebody sometime, and just a little message, a little word when something's going on in their life. Or maybe when nothing's going on in life, when God just brings a name to your heart. Does God ever bring a name to your heart? Does any, am I the only one that happens to? I mean, sometimes a name will pop into my heart, and I've got to do something with that name. Or sometimes a face. God uses us to bring hope to a dying world. You're the only hope people may ever see. Faith, trust, and hope are the essential tools. These are essential tools of a Christian. When one goes down, the other two have got to prop it back up. Or all of them will go down. Faith, trust, and hope are the essential tools needed to walk the journey of sanctification. You can't walk this journey with God. You can't help others if yours is not in place. We cannot become, be complete if even one of these tools are missing from our Christian walk. So we need to, we need to really not so much be working on them, but embracing God's Word to enhance these things that are already in our lives. If you have the Holy Spirit living in you, these things are available to you. And how you use them is how it's going to be used. God will encourage you in many different ways, through sermons, through prayer, through people, through all kinds of ways God will encourage you. But you need to be using them. 
Hebrews 6, 13 through 20. It says here, for when God made a promise to Abraham, and this is the promises, God's got, he gave us his oath, he gave us his promises. God can only do it through God because there's nothing higher than God. For when God made a promise to Abraham, that's all the descendants, because he would swear, could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. You ever notice that when you go to a courtroom, everybody seen you go to a courtroom, put your right hand on the Bible, left hand up? They still do that. Isn't that amazing? The atheists and all the heathens, they haven't got that out of the courtroom yet. But they'll work on that. You still you put your right hand on the Bible and the left hand on the Y. Because why? Because there's something greater than mankind. There's something greater than humans. It's called God. Amen? So we swear to God. Not to some man or, or anything else, but to God. Our nation's still doing that. Amen. But if we don't hold steady, if we don't bring this hope and supply this hope, that will come up in a very near quick future. Because Satan is demanding to destroy your hope. Amen. He does not want you to have an ounce of hope. Pharaoh fought so hard against the Hebrews because he didn't want them to have hope. And they watched and they watched what took place. And their faith and trust and their hope built up in God. Until the day they would have to make a decision. Verse 14 it says, saying surely blessings I will bless you and multiply, I will multiply you. And 15, and so so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. In other words, he obtained it, he waited, he was patient again. He didn't get to see the whole promise, but God promised him, and we're still seeing the promise today. Amen? For men indeed swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is for them an end of all dispute. Thus God determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise the immumility. I can't say that word. Somebody say it for me. Let me let my ear hear it. Immumility. Is that right? Legal. So, like, thank you, thank you, sir. Legal for his counsel, confirmed by an oath. That by two immutable things in which it is impossible for it's impossible for God to lie. Say, everybody, say, Amen. 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 If I had a guy, a God that lied, guess what? He wouldn't be God. He'd be he'd be John Goebel. <laughs> Sorry, John. This came out. I'm just kidding there, John. John doesn't lie, as far as I know. Ask ask his wife, she'll tell you. He cannot lie, but we can. That's what I'm getting at. We can. So we can't put our hope or or anything in demand because we have a nature that still wants to sin, that still lies. My only hope is in Christ. My only hope is in my Lord and Savior. It's impossible for God to lie. We might have strong consolations who have fled for refuge to lay hold of this hope set before us. This hope we have is an anchor of the soul. Everybody say the anchor of the soul. Isn't that, isn't that a beautiful word? I mean, come on. Them are beautiful words. The anchor of the soul. The anchor of the soul. God's hope anchors me. It's almost very, almost so important. It's, it's not... We have the trust and we have the faith, but this hope is so important. Amen? It's so important that we don't lose hope. Because when we lose hope, boy, we just lose everything. He's got it anchored. It's an anchor to our soul. I got this chain and stuff up here today, and it's, it's, this does, it's like this. That's God's word. It's just anchored to us. Amen? It's just chained to us. It should be nothing be able to destroy it from you, to take it apart. No matter where you go, it's just anchored to your heart. It's anchored to you. Can't be tore off because somebody hurt your feelings. Can't be tore off because something went wrong somewhere in the church or, or at work. It can't be tore off because of the silliness of being a victim. You want to be victims? That's not hope. That's being a victim. Have hope. Have hope. It's an anchor of the soul. 
both sure and steadfast. What is it? It's sure. It means you can count on it. You can count on your hope if it's grounded in Jesus Christ. If you're getting in the Word of God every day, you can count on the hope no matter what that day brings. You can count on it. I spent several hours with Jessica the other morning, and she was, she was like anybody would be. She was scared. She was in shock. I don't think she ever let go of her hope. It may have looked like a little bit here or there, but she didn't. She would always say, I'm not scared to die, but I love my family. Hope. It's all we've got to hang on to when the times are really tough. Steadfast, in which it enters the presence behind the veil. That's Jesus Christ when, when he was, was after 50 days of, after he come out of that tomb, he went up to heaven. He got, he's in heaven right now. He's behind the veil, which in the Old Testament was the Holy of Holies. He's in heaven. We can rely on Jesus Christ. Where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus having become the high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. I'm not going to get into Melchizedek today. Light of hope. Light of hope. I was at a... I was up at uh, Ray Skillman the other day. Ray Skillman Ford, and I had a dent in my truck, and I wanted to meet some guy up there, and he could get these dents out. did a pretty good job. But I was, there were several things we were dealing with here at the church, sickness and just other things going on. And, and uh, I was talking to the guy. I, didn't really, I, I met him through my son and just had a phone number. didn't really know his name. Was, can't remember his name right now. But he was going to get the dent out. And there was another guy or another place just out in the parking lot. And they go there and they take care of cars, you know, they come in. And he, another guy was a little painter. And he took his little brushes. He could touch up stuff and it'd dry real quick. And, and so uh, I was talking to this guy and... I, you know, when you talk to somebody a little bit, you, you, you know, I, I always want to talk to him about the God. And I was talking to him about, uh, I was actually talking to him about Jessica and Heather and a few other people in the church. I think maybe Eric. A few other things that were going on. And I don't know if the guy wanted to pay any attention or not, but I was trying to, trying to get him that I was trying to, I wanted to show him hope. Because these, these verses I'm going to hit you in a minute with, they've just been all over me all week. We are called to go and be. Amen. We are called to go and be the light of hope. Hope has this big light, this big, the, just a light, light like a sun, like I talked about on the battlefield. It's just a big light, and we are to be that. We are to be Jesus' light. We are not the light. We're the reflection of the light, but we're to be that reflection. We're to be clean. You've got to clean that mirror off. You've got to keep it clean and spotless that it can shine as bright as it can shine. Let the hope we live by be unleashed. Amen? Everybody say amen. Let the hope you live by, the hope that I live by, be unleashed. And that's what I wanted to do that day. I, I was just kind of struggling with so many things going on. And, and as a pastor, I hear all the things that take place in people's lives. I hear every, my fingernails broke. There ain't nothing I don't hear. Or Vicki, she can be my ambassador a lot of times. But a lot of it is people so concerned with issues in their life. And I want to pay attention to it. And I can just hear their voice. The hope is just like fading away in their life. Well, they struggle of whatever's taking place. It's just like the darkness coming over the light and, and hope is fading away. But you know they have faith. You know they have trust. You've got to encourage that part in life to build that buck that the darkness fades back and the light comes alive and the hope comes alive. And God is just using you to do that. Amen. Because we are called to go and be not just to the lost, but to the Christians lost on the battlefields. Let the hope we live by be unleashed. So that those who have fallen upon the battlefields and those who lost in sin might see the great light of hope. As I was talking with those gentlemen... Ray Skillman the other day, come to find out, Mr. Skillman is a, is a wonderful Christian man. He holds Bible studies on Tuesday mornings in his office with a, pastor, with a few pastors and a few other men. 
And the man that I was, who was getting out my dent, he was a Christian man. Amen? And there were other people walking around as we was doing. We were on Ray Skillman. It's a huge place. And come to find out, the other guy that was going to do the painting on my truck, he's an ordained minister. <laughs> Ain't that something? So he asked me, he says, hey, what's the names of those people? I want to write them down. He gets out his little book, and he starts writing them down. He's going to, he says, I'm going to pray over these people. And I gave him some of the names that we've been talking about this morning, along with another man's name that was having some heart issues that he had already written down. And he started to walk away, and there's people coming around. And I, I said, hey, I said, why would we want to wait some other time to pray? Let's just pray right now. Amen? So as men gathered around, as people were watching us, we gathered around and we prayed over these people. And what I was doing, I wanted to bring hope in our prayers. Amen? For those people that are watching three grown men holding hands together with their heads bowed in an open place, praying to the one we know that has the hope. Do you know how encouraged I was after that? I'm trying to encourage others. Oh, my goodness, they encouraged me through prayer. And most people, we don't even think about it. People say, oh, I'll pray for you. I'll pray and you walk away. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Why walk away? I don't care if you're in Walmart. I don't care where you're at. Why you got to walk away? I had a trainer for years, years ago, and she wasn't saved. And as far as I know, she's still not saved. I, did her, I worked with her for three years, and I tried everything I could try. And I remember one day, Something was going on in our life, and she came to me and said, this is going on in my life. And we were standing in the YMCA, and people are everywhere. And I said, let's just pray over that. And she looked at me with the weirdest eyes. I said, right now, grab my hands, and we prayed over that. Right there in the middle of the YMCA, people working out, we're praying. She's a lost soul. What do you want me to do? Act like I'm not concerned? I'll pray over that another day. No, right now, right now. Some of you say, I can't do that. Well, I understand that, but maybe in the future you can. Maybe in the future you'll understand how much hope you are for a dying world. If we're not the hope for the dying world, who is? Who is? Who is God anointed besides the church? Give it to me. Give it to me. I don't see it. I don't know it. I read in the Bible that we, the church, are the hope for the world. We're the light. How much time I got? I'm good. This is really talking about tongues in church. And it's about, they were speaking in, in the Corinthians church. Was, they were kind of going crazy. But these two verses, I, I'm not going to let the time I get into tongues thing today. I don't want to go there. No part of that right now. This is where I'm going to. It says, but if all prophesy, prophesies is the word of God. It's giving out the word of God. It's giving out the hope of God. It's giving it out to people that need it. Amen. So I can't pray and or I can't do those things and work. Well, who's your faith in? Your work or God? Now, I'm not saying you've got to take off time, but maybe out in the parking lot, you can just grab a hold of that person that needs prayer. Or maybe on the lunch hour. Or maybe you can send a little email, a little verse that comes to your heart. But if all prophesies, and he's talking about an organized thing. This, this is an organization, an organized thing. You've got to do it in, a, in an orderly fashion, amen? Orderly fashion. An unbeliever or an uninformed person comes in. This is coming into the church, coming into the building. He is convinced by all. He is convicted by all. That this, listen to this verse now. I've had this verse all week. And thus the secrets of the heart are revealed. The secrets of the heart. It means what's ever going on in their life that they know that's not right with God. Those secrets have become revealed, not to the church, but to that person. Amen? And why? Because you are doing it right. Because you are doing it right. Your hope is starting to spread to people that need it. It says they're convinced by all, he is convicted by all, and thus the secrets of the heart revealed. And so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is why. Everybody say that. Man, it doesn't get any more powerful than that. One of my first funerals I did, how much time I got up here? What time? I can't see the clock. Five, everybody Okay. You enjoying today? One of the first funerals I did was my brother-in-law. 
killed on a motorcycle three days after he retired from Chevrolet, 55 years old. A lot of you know that. A lot of you don't know that. He was a good man. Was, I think it was the very first funeral I ever did. About 12, 13 years ago. Maybe longer than that. I don't know. I remember preaching my heart out that day. There were a couple hundred people there. I remember just, I just preached my heart out that day. I mean, I just gave it all I had. And let me tell you, I preached, amen? I didn't play around with it. I preached. I remember the looks. The looks from people. Because, see, when I was done, we gave, a, we gave an invitation, and maybe like 15 people raised their hand to get saved that day. And I stood beside my brother-in-law that I loved. I known him since I was a little kid. I stood beside him, and these people come through the line. I'm going to give you this because I want you, I want you to hear something. Those people come through the line and they look at you because they just got hope that they never thought they were going to get that day. They, had, they didn't go there to get hope. They didn't go there to get anything but sadness and sorrow that their family member or their friend or their co-worker just got killed in a tragic accident. They got hope. People I never met in my life, never saw them since, give me hugs and they hold my hands and you can feel them just holding my hands like they're just going to squeeze my hand off because there's so much going on in their life. They were just convicted and they were just convinced of the hope of Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you something. You'll never get over that in your life. Never. Some of the people came through that line I've known since I was a kid. They gave me some big hugs and just loved me. Some of them said, I've never heard anything like that in my life. Because they heard hope from Jesus Christ. Amen? They heard the gospel. They heard it true. They heard it the way it is. It is the truth and the word of God. And sometimes it cuts you so deep into your heart. It convicts you so deeply. But doesn't that bring hope? When you realize there's a Savior that can just heal that deep cut that can heal that for eternity. I'll never forget those looks. I'll never forget those faces. I'll never forget those hugs that grabbed a hold of my hand. They were looking for some hope that day. That was a funeral I did not want to do. I was scared to death. How, can you, how do you do something like that? Especially never done it. I might have done one of the funerals besides that before then, but my own brother-in-law in such a tragedy, my sister, my goodness. But God was bringing hope. And maybe that was just I was the person at the right time, at the right place to bring hope. You know how many lives may have got changed? I'll find out one day in eternity. Amen? And you will too. People, put your hope in Jesus Christ and allow him to use you. He can use you. Everybody say, God can use me. And I, I believe that. Say that. Everybody say, God can use me, and I believe that. He'll use you in areas you never thought possible, you never dreamed possible. He was getting ready to do miracles with the Hebrews. They were getting ready to see something that was going to bring hope for even to today. But yet they didn't know it yet. But if all prophesies, if the church would just speak the word of God, if you would open your Bibles, maybe you can carry them around with you a little bit, Open your phone up, whatever you got to do. Just speak the word of God to people that need it. An unbeliever or an uninformed person. Uh, there's so many people that are not just unbelievers, but they're uninformed. They, they have no clue of the word of God, especially our teenagers today. No clue. Except that they're calling us hate, that we hate today. They haven't got a clue of the love. And the hope that Christ can bring to them. They're uninformed. It doesn't just say unbelievers. It's uninformed. It's our job to go and be and bring them hope. That person comes into this church. He comes into your business. He comes into your life. He comes into you when, you when you're getting a dent fixed in your truck. He comes into you when you're getting your truck washed, when you're at the grocery store, when you're at the YMCA, 
when you're at the movie house, when you're anywhere, when he comes to you, what will you do? The person comes in, he is convinced by all. He is convicted by all. And thus, the secrets of the heart are revealed. And so, falling down, let me get this right, falling down. I don't want to bypass that. He's falling down. In other words, the conviction of his heart has overpowered him so much that he falls down in the face of God. Not the face of a man or a woman, but the face of God. Because God has convicted his heart so desperately, so deeply, that he knows the only place he can turn to is God himself, is Jesus Christ. And he's aware that Jesus Christ will listen to him. Amen? Boy, we got a long way to go in the church, don't we? Some of you are going to have to give up some things in your lives. Because I'm telling you, in the end, in the end, if there's no hope in Jesus Christ, you have no hope for eternity. I'm going to spend eternity with my Lord and Savior, amen? I don't have any doubts about that. I believe in all his promises. I believe in the word of God. I've asked him to come into my life. I've been baptized. I do what he tells me to do, but I'm not doing it for works. I'm doing it out of love, amen? I'm not a legalistic idiot. I'm a loving person. Only because of Jesus Christ. I'm not a Pharisee. I love the Lord. Therefore, I work for him. I, serve, I am his servant. And thus, the secrets of the heart are revealed. And so, falling down on his face, he will what? Everybody say that. Worship God. Where else do you have to go? Amen? On that day of salvation, where else do you have to go? You fall down and you worship God and you report that God is truly. Everybody say, let's stand. Challenge for your week. This is your anchor right here, the word of God. Challenge for your week to remain steadfast. In other words, don't let the shadows of the day, whatever they are, whatever Satan is trying to steal out of your life, or whatever you're just allowing to be stolen out of your life. Maybe you're on that battlefield I was talking about. Maybe you're on some kind of battlefield that, that, that somehow you've been left alone. Well, you can still pray. Pray for God to bring encouragement to your life. To bring somebody alongside you. To remain steadfast, rushing out to those who have fallen on the battlefields. To give them, everybody say, hope. God was building hope in the Hebrews along with a lot of other things, and he's still building that hope today. And I hope you go out from today and you build that hope in those that God brings to you. Just listen for the word of God, the love of God, and the truth of God, and join him. Amen? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come before you, Lord, I pray for those today that have lost hope, that are maybe out on the battlefields, Father, and they're just crying for encouragement. They're crying for someone to drag them off to pull them out. Maybe the, maybe the guns are just blaring. Maybe the fire is just all over them. Father, maybe the smoke is so intense that people can't even find them. Lord, I ask you to, to raise up not just this church, but your holy church, those that you have set aside. Not, not to bring such catastrophe on people and, and to hate people, but to love people and to bring them hope. Not to judge people, but to love people and bring them hope, to encourage them. Lord, if there's someone in, these church, in this church here or any other church or anywhere I can find, Lord, that you would, you would lead me to that are stuck on a battlefield and nobody's going out to them, Father, would you open my heart to go? Would you give me the courage to go? Would you give me the patience to wait and watch the battlefields and join you right there? no matter the cost of my life, no matter the risk of my life. Father, I thank you for all the battlefields. Because those battlefields, they build our trust and our faith and our hope in you. I pray for this church, Father, that everyone here becomes the hope for their neighbor. 
for their husband, for their wives, for their children, for the, their co-workers, for the church, that we learn hope. Father, bless this morning. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you belong to Jesus Christ, if you're a child of God, if you surrendered your life, then you're welcome at these tables. If you're on a battlefield somewhere and nobody's lifting up, coming out to help you, would you just come forward? Those people here would love to, to meet with you and spend time with you and, and help get you off that battlefield of destruction. We would love to show you what the truth and the word of hope really is. What is how it's supposed to work. Don't come before these tables if there's sin in your life. You get on your knees, either there at your chairs or whatever, and you get that taken care of. And then you come and worship God. Worship God. Come.